Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Hell Saturn. Today it's official. Saturn is in Pisces for the next three years. It's a brand new cycle with brand new challenges. And I don't know about you, but I have been crying so much over the last 24 hours. And I know it's got to be to do with the full moon in Virgo as well, which coincidentally became maximum fullness about an hour before Saturn moved into Pisces. So those transits were really closely connected. And that moon serves as a really interesting energetic signifier for what Saturn in Pisces is going to bring for each of us. So the feelings that you may have had in the last 24 hours talking to you on March 7th, the feelings that you've had and what's been on your mind might have more resonance and more relevance to your life over the next three years than you might anticipate. So definitely it's a great time to journal and kind of write down any clues that you can source from within yourself and within your heart about just your own feeling and intuition during this time. Saturn in Pisces is definitely going to be a time to trust your intuition and to get comfortable looking inward and exploring your own internal reality and your own gut instinct in order to process the world and help you to understand reality. Full moons are a time to release and new moons are a time to manifest, so Think about what you can release now to free yourself for the next three years to move with more freedom and ease and more confidence through uncharted territory and dark, murky spaces. I want to explore the vibe of Saturn in Pisces with you guys today so that we can get a feel for what this energy is as it begins to wash over us. I thought a great place to look would be my guy Elias Lonsdale. He's got another book called Inside Planets where he gives energetic readings for the planets in the signs. So I'll read his reading for Saturn in Pisces and then we can talk more about what Saturn in Pisces means from my perspective. So here's Elias Lonsdale's reading for the energy of Saturn in Pisces from his book Inside Planets. He takes the suffering of the earth through himself and transmutes it into his own deepest stream of coming to selfhood. He feels throughout his being resonance with the hidden depths of the human soul. In order for him to find his way, he must embrace all the inward experience that streams through to him from others. He is able to do this quite magically. Instead of becoming overburdened with subtle, intense emotions and impressions, he is brought into the earth and enabled to work wonders by what he picks up on. The world of dreams, the reaches of the unconscious, the mysteries of other realms, these and more are for him integrally central to existence in the earth. He is most at home in peeling away layers of what seems to get to what is truly in there. His way is unworldly. There are many sides of life that do not reach him and cannot generate his response, especially those which the conditioned mind takes as the compelling business of the world. He navigates timelessly in the watery realms, attuned to what is revealing itself between and among the recognizable conscious fragments. His task is barely recognizable as being a task at all. Instead, he places himself in with what is speaking to him and merges with its innermost messages. 
His most sorrowful and distressing missing part is that he has no idea what to do with his depths of experience in an outer sense. It takes tremendous faith and courage for him to stay within his rightful domain. Any attempts to surface into ordinary discourse invite massive misunderstandings. The karma accompanying this track is a fierce resolve to plumb the depths of experience, after having not quite gotten down there before, and having instead gotten marooned on the desert island of civilization. He is tapping into those dimensions of experience which he knew long ago, to provide an inward basis for a whole new karmic sequence. In a life that does not make arbitrary distinctions, his own individuality treads a delicate verge between being one of everybody and being utterly oneself, in a form that never quite looks like a contemporary selfhood, but which, when viewed deeper down in, is thoroughly and genuinely the epitome of true selfhood as the vessel for a greater life, to be received and met by one who can appreciate the way the mysteries feel inside the soul and the body. As Saturn is now in Pisces, Saturn has ingressed into Pisces as of Tuesday, March 7th. We can expect that Saturn will be working in a very different way for us than what we've grown used to these past six years. For the past six years, Saturn has been in its two home signs of Capricorn and Aquarius, answering to no one, and now He's moved into Pisces, which is Jupiter and Neptune's shared domain, and is no longer the boss. Saturn is quite out of his element in Pisces, Saturn being the planet of boundaries and Pisces being the sign of boundlessness, of the sea, of the collective unconscious, of the source of oneness. Pisces is almost the antithesis of Saturn, and so when Saturn is forced to occupy Pisces space and answer to Pisces planets, we see a much different side of Saturn come out. Saturn in Pisces is about harnessing unseen forces and exercising the proper boundaries that allow you to push past what currently feels like the limits of what's possible and expand your life outward to connect to the larger whole. We've been living really atomized existences throughout Saturn and Aquarius and also leaning a lot on technology to support our connection to one another. And I think that Saturn in Pisces is really going to be a vibe shift where we start connecting more in reality and like in the ether, but not as much from our like private rooms over screens. I think that Saturn in Pisces will be a vibe shift where we start craving communion with one another and gathering in larger groups in real spaces so that we can pick up on each other's vibes and leave behind some of our habits of communicating with one another from our little private cells over our screens. Saturn in Pisces is a time to take vibrations seriously and really focus on the vibe and understanding that the vibe is the foundation for our current moment that we're existing in and realizing that it's a communal, collaborative, creative exercise to raise that vibration for all of us and that we can't do it alone. If you're just on your own meditating, raising your own vibe, that's great for you, but you'll probably notice that that doesn't change your life completely because you're still existing in the same world with the rest of us and we're not that separate from one another that any one of us can really just lift ourselves out of the struggle. So we need to learn to collaborate and we need to learn how to focus on what's important and stop ignoring the foundational elements of our reality 
Just because something can't be seen doesn't mean it's not real and doesn't mean it can't be perceived. Saturn in Pisces brings opportunity for us to give weight and form to our creative, spiritual, and emotional ideas. It's fertile energy for plumbing the cosmic depths and bringing back golden nuggets to our material reality. But Saturn in Pisces can also be challenging, painful energy. It's not always a comfortable feeling to be dissociated from the real world and occupying an internal space that feels dark, mysterious, and at times really foreign. A lot of the time, our interior lives are where our intensity lives, and it can be scary to encounter these parts of ourselves that we don't shed light on and we don't offer a voice to and to let them speak. But there is wisdom to be gained there, and there is real value and worth in processing your own internal emotional state and reality and trying to alchemize your experiences into something beautiful and something that you can share. Pisces is a sign of poetry, and I really identify with the sign of Pisces. In Vedic astrology, I'm actually a Pisces sun, which I really vibe with. And in tropical astrology, I have my Mercury and my Mars in Pisces. So my mind and my intellect and the way that I assert my will on the world are very Piscean, very go with the flow, flow with the current. A lot of the time I feel like a jellyfish just sort of floating through space, not even totally aware of where I actually am because I'm sensing so many things I can't see. I honestly feel a lot of the time like visual input is secondary to me and my brain gets really lazy with it. It actually kind of causes issues and is something I'm trying to work on as part of my practice of mindfully becoming more embodied is to actually look around and take in the real visual input from my surroundings instead of just making up and projecting whatever is in my brain already that I'm used to seeing. My brain can be like so lazy with just mapping things from my mind onto the visual input that I'm getting. And I realize that a lot of the time I'm actually not seeing things as they are. So it's kind of freaky to realize, but when you become aware of something, you have the power to change it. So that's what I'm trying to do is become conscious of my unconscious patterns so that I don't have to constantly live them over and over again. I think there's a Carl Jung quote about that. I think he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. And I think that's really prescient and interesting, especially as an astrologer where a lot of my contemporaries are dealing with the concept of fate in a more tangible way than I am and reconciling how does this chart function? How can we know so much about someone's life and how it will play out and has played out from analyzing these symbols? And some people understand that mechanism as fate and perhaps it is to some degree. I don't know. I'm just thinking about these things too. But I like that young quote and I try in my own life and in my own astrological practice to help make the unconscious conscious and to help bring the unconscious into the real. And I find that there's something healing and balancing about that, even when it feels dark and scary and sad sometimes. 
So on that note, I want to tell you guys about my poems that I am going to read you guys today in the second half of this episode. Uh, We're going to have a little Saturn in Pisces poetry salon and... I'm going to read you my two epic poems that I wrote when I was 21 and 26 years old that are pretty much the only art left standing that I haven't deleted, disavowed. This is the form that my art has taken. I wrote these poems, which are each roughly 10 pages in length. Uh, The first one I wrote when I was 21 and I was studying abroad in Prague and I was taking this amazing class in Eastern European poetry with this incredible professor, Michael March, who is a wonderful poet and organizer of the Prague Writers Festival, which is this incredible, huge conference where writers and poets from all over the world come and read at the National Theater in Prague. And I was lucky enough to attend in 2013, and it was just an incredible experience. They give you headphones and they have translators translating into I think like four or five different languages you know you're getting to hear the original works in their original language read by the writers themselves and then hear the translation immediately in real time and it's an incredible experience and for that professor and that class I was so inspired by the curriculum and the poets that I was reading which were largely 20th century Russian and Eastern European poets and Soviet era poetry so very dark stuff but really moving and inspiring people like Akhmatova, Svatieva, Mayakovsky, Mandelstam, Primo Levi, Vladimir Holin Paul Salon, and many more. I may create a reading list for these poems because they are full of inspiration and influences that I would recommend people read if they're interested in poetry at all. So I will create a reading list document for these poems and link it in the show notes at some point. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, I wrote my first poem, Honey, in Prague in about a month, and I used snippets that I had accumulated of my own writing up until that point, probably about five years or so of writing from age, I don't know, 16 until 21. And I had accumulated that stuff in notebooks, but also in this really big kind of scrapbook that I have. I got like the biggest hardback sketchbook that Blick sells and I do this thing with it where I make spreads, like two-page spreads. Sometimes they go more than two pages and I'm using like multiple two-page spreads to flesh out an idea, but I will sort of use it as a combination sketchbook scrapbook and like write and accumulate like blurbs of text and pictures and just whatever forms that the ideas are coming to in, I'll just like dump the raw ideas into like a sketchbook spread and then just use as many of those as I need to in order to develop the ideas and kind of collect them in one space, which I feel like is like 
kind of a very Saturn and Pisces way of working to just be grabbing like all of these random disparate ideas from all around me and like every corner of my psyche and then like putting them tangibly in like a real space because this is an analog sketchbook like I can't do it digitally I'm just like not a digital girl in that way I am like actually taping and like handwriting everything into this book and I love working that way because the like kinetic tactile just really works for me and it works for my brain to like get the ideas in there and like help them kind of plant themselves and grow so when it came time to write this poem that was my main source and i used all the spreads that i had created to basically put together like the skeleton structure of this poem and then flesh it out into some kind of impressionistic narrative of kind of my life in a way, my like emotional life. Honey especially is very intense and scary and dark. And I was going through a lot at the time. I feel like these poems, they do really chronicle like the darkest parts of my emotional experience. That's what I was processing when I was creating this art, but they were cathartic experiences to write them and to let those experiences kind of live outside of me in an artistic document where they felt represented, but also I could keep them at a safe distance. Also kind of Saturn in Pisces vibe. Saturn having that Aquarius energy of like the water bear. The symbol for Aquarius is the water bear, which is a person holding a jug of water away from themselves. So it's like a person who is still in possession of their emotions and still has access to them, but has compartmentalized and is able to hold it at a distance from themselves and maintain their own integrity outside of their emotional well. That's a way that Aquarius energy really inspires me and is something that I actively strive toward and strive to be more like. But naturally, I'm a lot more Piscean and I love to just jump into my emotions and just swim around in them and make friends with all of the creatures living in those depths. And I feel like you can really sense that in these poems. So I do want to provide like a fair warning that they're not uplifting or happy necessarily. So you got to be in the right mood for them. Also, this poetry salon is going to last about 30 minutes. So this is kind of more like an art show than a podcast today. So welcome to my surprise Saturn in Pisces poetry salon. Thank you for being here. I would like to invite you if you're just going about your day running errands or working on something right now to come back later when you're in the right mood to attend an underground DIY intense emotional art show that is scary and surprising and lasts about 30 minutes so fair warning if now's not the time come back later whenever is right these poems will be here for you i feel like they have to be here and really nowhere else because it's like where else could they possibly go like they are way too long to actually read out in the world that has become so clear to me as i'm editing them i love my poems and i'm not trying to knock them or belittle them like i'm proud of them and i'm happy that they have stood the test of as much time as they've been around i mean for me personally like it's nobody else cares about them but for me like to be still into something that I made nine years ago and five years ago is 
is rare. So I'm happy that I still feel good about these poems, but at the same time, the form that they're in currently just feels really impenetrable in a way. And I just can't imagine reading or performing them out in the world and having it be something that people could engage with. I feel like I don't even have the attention span for something like this. I don't even know if I have the stamina to like read both of them in a row. So I think this is perfect. I'm going to read them here. I'm going to let them live here. Feel free to click in and out as often as you want. I love that about this format that it can be bite-sized if you need it to be. Like, yes, ultimately it's a lot of dense poetry, but you don't have to listen to it all at once. You can come in and out as it feels right for you. Honey, I wrote when I was 21 in Prague, and Mollusk, I wrote when I was 26 here in my home in New York City. Now I am 30, and I am not the person who wrote either of these poems, and I do think that I have to write at least one more. And that poem is meant to be written this year, so I'd better get cracking. We're already three months in. But I'm feeling good about where these poems will be after I write the third one. I think that the next poem I write will help provide some closure to some of the open-ended themes in the first two poems. So content warning here, the first poem does have adult sexual themes. My husband told me I need to have a content warning and oh, also violent themes in the first poem. So content warning for that one. I really would prefer not to over explain my poems, but I will say that the first poem, Honey, deals with themes of womanhood, sexuality, and powerlessness, and Mollusk deals with themes of grief, depression, and spirituality. So yeah, content warning and an obligatory I'm good. These poems were written a really long time ago and they don't reflect my life now. So yeah, we're all good over here. Just want to say that. And without further ado, let's begin. Welcome to the Saturn in Pisces Poetry Salon. Snaps are encouraged but not required. First up, we have Honey reading Honey, formerly Milk and Honey. I keep this record tried and tested to keep my sufferings remembered and my passions at my fingertips. All those songs I heard began when I was young. I always laughed because my petals had not bloomed and I had never seen the winter. Honey, what do I love more than my own body? This cage that I bathe, my prison, my ecstasy. Kiss the air around my ears, my love. I'll never be happier than I am today. All milk and honey, do you want me? If you love me, fill my belly. Make me happy, make me money. Sting me, sing me, milk and honey. Cheers to whatever, to birds of a feather. Why aren't you looking at me? I promise I am very pretty. My body tastes like milk and honey, and someday I'll make you very lucky. Exalted or insulted, a songbird with no nest was led into a great room and forced to sing so loud that her lungs gave out and she imploded, burst and fell and no one cheered. Her remains were removed, presumably left somewhere to rot. 
Where are the bones for the shape of my love, and how do I make his frame match mine? A bit of blood for the love of God, I need that skin on skin while my cauldron's hot. Need a slap on the wrist if I ever get caught. I should pay for my sins, you can take what I've got. Unhinged by the desire to tear oneself apart and scatter the pieces, none of this sounds like I'd like it to. Some years ago I dreamt I spent my summers on a ship. I was the captain or the lookout or someone less important. I memorized my cast and sent them back to sheltered streets, for they were actors, only actors, and their legs weren't meant to brave my thrashing seas. Where is my home? Covered in water. Stop coming back here, we'll drown you too. A hole emerged in her skin gaping, bones laid to waste, clean blood seeping. Rivers across her floors gave way and then her whole structure was weeping. Frozen by her loneliness, her empty heart broke and bled, a special kind of death meant to bear witness. So my bedroom is an icebox, so my kitchen is swimming in misery, so the fruit supplier smiles at my bare skin. He says I look like milk, he wants me to eat strawberries, he likes to watch the juice drip down my chin. He says you look like coffee and he loves to watch you touch me. He calls us cafe au lait, he says that's French for sin. My dream house is built of fire and brimstone. My dream house could wash me clean again. Nikolai, you took me so forcefully and filled me with an agony. Like a kiss on the inner wrist, you tickled and tempted me. Promised my hunger would prove what you meant to me. An able-bodied lover, an altogether other. You try to own me, but you don't know me. Beloved or belittled, an oyster with no pearl was served to a gentleman on a bed of arugula and torn apart by his back teeth. His bottom left molar had one cavity left untreated and a little part of the oyster caught there and stayed to rot. It was the loveliest dinner I ever had. The champagne alone cost $500. But did he kiss you goodnight? We stayed up very late, but morning never came. We are fish in a barrel, anointed, irrelevant, the shine of our scales offering fleeting excitement until we realize that the light they catch is a sentence to our imminent deaths and we long for our lives in the sea again and we wish that our love made a difference. I am closing the gates to the underworld, Lilith. This room is hell and being hungry, not being looked at, a pretty body, a lipless face. Control your poison, stop spitting venom, filling your belly, tricking for tastes. For language and silence are miles of nonsense. Violence is timeless, but timelessness ends. A son and a wife and two cars in the driveway. My god, that's a dream if I've never dreamt. This world is a horrible carnival of hot-blooded carnivores thirsting for purpose. Thirsting for blood and for flesh, love is murderous, but not love means nothing. And what's worse than that? Peur de la fleur, flooded with blood, fear of the touch, I want it so much. The sea has been my dearest friend, I will defend her till the very end. Her open arms, so inviting, render me a fool, a fool for your belly. My eloquent friend has red blood and hot skin, he makes himself at home in me. He argues for his right to be my very best, my closest friend. I award him the honor, but spit on the prize. All milk and honey fill my belly. If you love me, make me money. If you want me, say you want me. Once you've got me, you'll be sorry. Now you're all bloody palms and broken dishes, oil eyes and swollen kisses. You said tonight I feel like an eggshell cracking, spidering open, 
yolk trickling down and I want to know how your insides shine. I want them to show. I want you to know. Blood orange nourish my thirst for violence or I'll cut out the tongue of my eloquent friend. Black moons rise in cartoon eyes. I know that what's dead will stay dead. I just want to sing and die. Die and die a hundred times. Then each step will seem a new movement. We are working for death, for our own space to lie. This world is a horrible carnival of carnivores thirsting for purpose, of hot-blooded hustlers and whores. I kiss him and he is very hungry, but starving men must pace themselves. A bowl of hot soup before feasting. Messy fingers, milk and honey, if you love me. Eyes as black as oil, black as oil, wet, led me to my death after sunset. Do you want to get married? Do you want to lie happily? My body tastes like milk and honey. Someday I'll make you very happy, as untitled perfect lovers do. The hard times ate my eyelashes till I was not a human being, and passers-by stared awed. They longed to know what I had seen. They thought that I was beautiful with my fair and hollowed face, but prized me less than their ex-lovers, priced me more than wasted space. So all of us here are hookers and hustlers, beggars and thieves stealing sonnets for supper, red light, window shopping, rent a room, a businesswoman, slip inside, climax, settle up, leave, settle up, climax, leave, you don't own me. If he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man, then she who makes a treat of herself is asking to be heavily handled. Siphoning the skin from my fingertips, I clawed at it. The rust had worn away the shine and I wanted it back. Rusted blood bicycle chain gang, make me into what you need. My body is my weapon. All milk and honey, do you want me? If you love me, give me all your money. Gas station stick up, gunshot queen. All this and more, a mother in the making. Blameless hunger held me under. Who owns my flesh? Is it whoever pays for the food I eat? Is it whoever sleeps in the bed I sleep? Is it me, if I keep my flesh pretty and clean? Do not be afraid to call them by name. Vladimir or Marina. Night after night I bargain with the callousness of modern men and the taste of my breath and my life left to live. In the rooms where we take our secret leave and waste ourselves on righteous fury, I yell I'll never go home again. My country does not exist and neither does yours. I drive us all cross-eyed. This world is a horrible carnival of hot-blooded carnivores thirsting for purpose. I yell, is this what you want for your nights and your lives? Is this the best way for your hearts to survive? They speak in the words of my bride of ice, forgotten, starved in an orphanage maybe, but definitely dead. To want is what bodies do, and now we are ghosts only. The moon lies on her back. I heard someone dreaming after hours up the stairs, and I couldn't shake the feeling it should have been me up there. I set my mind on fire, tried to put it out with sleep. The sun came up, and I was loved by a stranger lying next to me. He said that when the dawn breaks, I'll realize the sea is a bottomless pit, but I'd fight tooth and nail for it. So I sit in splendid wanting, thinking nothing ever matters, knowing no one ever matters, loving anyone who'll matter for a minute, and my substance starts to seep and leave me empty. I would speak, but I can't hear me, and I don't know who I am. I'm a child pushed out to sea, deaf to my mother's frantic screams. I want to live in a room with four walls and a bed, nothing else to dirty up. I want to live in a room with a bassinet, so that I can have an original kid. Love him and hold him and get to know him, break him and then try again. 
Enlivened or enlightened, a lover with no sense was slipped beneath the bed sheet and broken in. In the morning she cried from joy mixed with dread that the marks on her skin where his fingers had been, turning yellow-black colors she'd not before seen, would spread and she would rot. I am sorry, all you women who aren't like your mothers, what dangerous games you play. Your swollen heads and lips and bellies remind me of falling in love, and falling in love reminds me all I ever dream of is the sea, not for the calm, but for my mother's panicked screaming. She's the only place where I find peace, for my poor bones have no home, and love is the longest agony. The good times ate my eyelashes, I didn't know what I was seeing. The hard times took my soul and finally robbed me of my being. Now I sleep with my fist pressed tight to my chest so my heart can beat against something. If my whole life is broken glass, should I pick the pieces up? My world is full of hungry hands offering to get cut for love. I am always happy to oblige. That's a lie. I cry and cry and cry. Smoke a cigarette out the window. Look for other lovers in their beds. I'm here. Love me. Break me. Leave me for dead. Pin me down and pet me. Oblige my bloody wanting. Let me in on a mean secret. To want is what bodies do. And now we are ghosts only. Milk and honey, please say you want me. If you love me, I need you to touch me. All bloody palms and broken dishes, bitten lips and clenched fists. When the moon went away, I started bleeding like I'd killed him when I killed his baby. Nikolai, you have to help me. Nikolai, my body's empty. Café au lait, berries and cream. My body tastes like black milk and honey. A car seat and an ambulance with me, no baby. Having only enough time to register the completeness of my body and no time to mourn it. I am a black dream, a pretty wife with a babe in my belly, waiting for you with hot food and a blank stare. I am the black queen of broken glass and messy fingers, oil eyes and swollen kisses, all red, no blood, blue, black, graceless, lipless faces. This milk and honey dream is death. And next we have Mollusk. Life is a bloody flow, and I am one boat in the flow. Everything is as it will be, and you will come back if I will it to be so. Mollusk. There are days when I feel like a shell of myself, pulled from the ocean and dried out, like keep away from baby, low worm electrical cowboy. You feel my joie de vivre, and you're wanting to completely deplete me. How do I want to receive? Flat on my back like the moon in my dream, under the apple tree, where you devastated me. How to describe the time that's past. I fell a fool and it was pernicious. Now get me off this continent. Get me off this continent. My heavy body is uneasy and I am in search of an exit. The sky is deathly white, smooth and ugly, menacing yet delicate, it hangs so low above me. Here I am an animal, ferociously serene. I walk with lips stained red with blood, my eyes are wild like fever dreams. You know you were seductive in your slick naivete, but in your belly you hid nervousness. I ate those butterflies till one remained, and then I set it loose and hunted it in the room where we would sleep. I pinned it down and pulled its arms, I begged it to have mercy on me, and it shrank to the size of a button and slipped itself into my palm. 
It surrendered like I should have done when I saw what I had become. Now the sea rises up in my throat so a whisper might cause me to choke. As I remain silent in such amorous violence, my eyes swell like the tides, tidal waves down the sides of my nose. When I can stop the flow from my eyes, I will cut you down to size, small enough to bury outside, return you to earth, and shield you from my light. My voice escapes as a rabid dog. I will attack you when you think all is calm. Now I am quiet. I am not the prize you seek. You eat her core. You strip her down to the bone. Her tears are heavy raindrops, your lipless key to heaven. Too pure for anyone, already old. The beautiful girl becomes the lady no one knows. Be my love or be my mother, teach me what it's like to touch, which cries mean pain and which mean love. Push your air into my body, I want to feel your current call me. Open window, river rushing, rainfall languor overwhelming. By the light of the moon, I slay you. Under the apple tree, I eclipse you. You are my shadow and you are my apple. I bite your sweet core, I put my lips on you. Your lips feel just like sunlight on my shoulder blades. I'm learning how to be an actress, thinking how well I know a good lie's taste. Like comfort on the tip of my tongue, in the back of my mouth it's a bitter kind of pleasure. Then that bitterness slips from my kiss to my heart and eats its way through till my organs are gone. My skin glowing golden, pale and shining, soaking my sheets with the liquid of living. Existence is a funny thing, feels funny, in this unwieldy, heavy body, with time weighted unevenly. Maybe it's the void I miss, the black of it, how time can move both fast and slow. So slow. Or not at all then lost. How time can move both fast and slow. I let myself feel it, then I exhale and I milk my eyes. Somebody's singing about a honeymoon while I'm busy acting dead in the bathtub because no one in the city will give me a seat and there's no place for me to privately grieve. Scrub the soap scum away so my tears can fall cleanly. I open my mind and look at it honestly. I am one of the saddest girls. I dwell in my shell, blowing nacreous bubbles with my wishes inside, and they fill up my eyes, then they rise toward the light. Amaranthine like a mollusk at sea, dreaming wet dreams in emerald green and luminous lapis lazuli. Here in one of my saddest spells, I spent years at the bottom, dead in my shell. So imbued with hues of blue, I was sunk like a rock in the pit of your stomach, milking my eyes, turbulent and opaline. Hideout honey, rebel queen, the world went on on top of me. And I was like a creature on a rock near the ocean. I would sing the sailors to their deaths. I met them all with fervor, rabid, seeking tenderness. My master sits up in a tree, days in and out he tastes the sea, and he listens to my wants and every line that I do not believe, but try to feel. I hear the call to arms each time I rise to where I've been before, fields of ocean blue streaked streams, all shallower than they seem. Here I am on the stage now, here I am in the place. I don't have to imagine I've seen what's there to see, and learnt the path to walk to live a dream within a dream. The future isn't as it should be, and nothing's how it's been. Every teaspoon of honey is the life's work of twelve bees. I lie down on the bed, my heart breaks, and I am cycled upward. Good night, my love. 
Buonanotte dallo spazio. I was born without a sister, and through my life I always missed her, wishing she would come in winter and turn my life to spring. Stumble around New York before it's gone. Pray for rain in Cape Town and white light over Prague. Buonanotte. Good night, it's almost light out. My love, the time is right now. Nothing feels better than life starting over, like coming out of a deep, dark sleep. Epsom salt and almond oil, peace lily on the table for you. I just want to talk to you one more time. I want to think of you laying by the pool, keeping cool, sun saturating your skin, light moves in to inhabit your being. Then your body goes out like a light, slinking into the night like a girl on her way to go dancing. A portal is opening, I feel something weakening. In winter, a summer breeze, and currents are quickening. I let them carry me. Sun shines through the clouds to bathe the trees, and in turn, bathe me. If I could change everything, it's you and me on a sandy beach. You and me on the island of Maui, living the dream. We've never heard of New York City. We've never suffered. Our bodies are so strong. We care for each other. Flesh is a lost cause. Duchamp said since a three-dimensional object casts a two-dimensional shadow, we should be able to imagine the unknown four-dimensional something whose shadow we are. Placeless and transient like a dream or a stream, my energy leaves me and bleeds into everything. As the iridescence of a butterfly's wing can be found in a stone, so I am now a stone, hard, cold, and lifeless, and yet wherein light lives. I fall asleep in an oyster bed and dream I am with you again. Our bodies side by side. Your eyes are looking into mine and we are talking. You say you're sorry. Yes, I have always loved you. I draw myself in my dream. I realize my vision. Then I make my body clean with water, soap, salt, selenite, and palo santo. A heaven-born mind resides within you. You are a conduit. You've got to into it. Crystal cowboy, get your gun. In crystal heaven, war is on. There are days I don't feel anything but my body growing and decomposing. I think Marie knows the American salt piles where I can bury myself and be purified. The vessel grows heavier with time. My features swim across my face, all the marks I can't erase. Tectonic plate moves out of place and I can barely stay awake. I outgrow myself and move into a bigger shell encrusted with barnacles like gemstones shimmering, hairy milk flower, magnolias, and irises. I wake up streaked with salt and my world feels very small, for life is a bloody flow, and I am one boat, one boat dashed against the rocks and sunk 2018 leagues beneath the sea. The waters touch too rough for me. Where did I come from and why don't I know? How can I navigate? You redraw the map as you go. Remember, honey, you were forged in the fire but born in the water, and you did not inherit the earth from your father. All this quiet sense builds up inside me and whispers a divine design in answer to my soul's mystery. Star and spirit singing, hot and breathless with pleasure. Life is not a circle but a spiral. If you don't love yourself, then I will blow and buffet you, then kiss and cuss at you, my milky honey apple. Cherish, love is a palace of fresh air and ripe fruit, cotton sheets and warm flesh, buttered bread and sweet juice. Life in love is a garden overlooking the sea, salt air and lush green with lavender and lemon trees, and sunlight on your shoulder blades, and sunlight on your perfect face. So there's no rush to meet you, 
but I can't wait to see you and reminisce on earthly pleasures like lying down beside you. I know when it's my time to be free from time, entirely light and boundless once more, then I'll come racing toward you. Thanks as always for listening, and if you need me, you can reach me at 646-543-5017 or book a reading with me at metroastrology.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.